I think the, the, I don't know. The place I'm getting to is like, if you're a leader and you can trust your, I don't know, some people call it executive, executive functioning or your intuition or those different parts of you that if you really define the who, and you know that really well, and you're connected to that, you can make split second decisions and say, yes, the who, who, who are we? Who are our customers? Who am I? I have all of that very clear. I can now make a really sound decision very quickly. We don't need to go into, well, because the door, it's a doorway for me. When we ask mm-hmm. why that's a doorway opening for people to then bring all of their, you know, insecurities, their fears, their trauma, their, all these things into the conversation, which then derails it and gets us away from what the goal was. So if leaders can actually develop a really strong sense of who, to me, that would be, if I were looking at the Simon Sinek kind of model, that would be at the core for me is like that who is really, really important. If you can define that well, for me, that's what's most important. Who am I? Who is my team? Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. Uh, this is one of your co-hosts, Andy McDowell, joining you today. Unfortunately, my other co-host, Zach Levy, couldn't make it uh, today for this particular episode, but I'm excited to bring to you a guest onto the show. I had the fortune and opportunity to be on her podcast for a great interview at a great time, a great conversation, and I wanted to invite her back so that you get an opportunity to, to experience the wisdom that she has to bring to the items that we typically talk talk on this on this podcast. So with me today is Jennifer Sang, and she's based out of California. And so I like to read uh, read her bio for you, and then we'll we'll bring her in for what I hope to be a great conversation. So Jennifer has more than twenty years of experience working with Cisco Systems Learning and Development organization leading large-scale internal learning programs. Jennifer is a professional certified coach and uses her skills to help people build mental fitness and find greater success by developing mindfulness and discovering their leadership strengths. She hosts the In the Lead podcast show, which is what I happen to be a guest on. I had a great time, as I said. Uh, It's a weekly podcast designed to help you stretch your thinking and to close the gap between doing and being two words we talk a lot about on this podcast jennifer i absolutely love the concept of even having a podcast episode are you a human being or a human doing um, oh i from, love that from that perspective so welcome to the podcast glad that you're glad that you're here and, and the reason that you're here is because of a, a post you did on linkedin so we're both connected on linkedin after i did the interview really as as I said before, we started recording, tickled my fancy to sort of pick your brain on the subject, so to speak. I thought, what a great podcast episode. I invite you to come on. thought we would just take the, the post and sort of go three or four sentences at a time and then stop it there, talk about those three or four sentences and move on. What do you think? Love it. Thank you for having me on the show. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation today. Yeah. And I, th- I think your post sort of falls into this being doing kind of thing, which is part of what excited me about the, about the post, because you're going with your post, you're going a little off or out of the swim lane, so to speak, where, where most people go with this topic. And that's what I thought was found 
found interesting. So this is a post he did a week ago. So let me just read the first three or four sentences and we'll talk about it. So you wrote, I have a really unpopular opinion. I found the more I let go, the less I feel the need to understand the why of my own experience. I know that books have been written and gurus will tell you to always start with the why. And I don't know if I completely buy into that concept. For most of us who hold trauma, which is pretty much everyone, the why can be a never-ending swirl of shame, guilt, and judgment. Mm-hmm. Wow, a lot of words in there. That is a lot of words. And it's actually interesting because it this is just an insight that I've had recently. So as I shared on the podcast we did together on my show, I've been on this personal development journey for like the last 15 years. I had some things happen to me in my early mid twenties that just made me stop and go, what am I doing? Who am I? Because I felt like I had lost a sense of who I was. So I sought out therapy was one of them, but also just going on this personal development journey. And it's been, I've been on this crusade to figure out who am I at the deepest, most intimate internal levels to understand Mm -hmm. who am I? what do I want to do while I'm here on earth? And then how am I going to do it? So one of my biggest, I would say places where I get stuck. And this happened actually just in the last month or two, when I was in a therapy session and I ask why, I just want to understand why, like, why does that happen? Why do I do that? Why, why am I thinking that way? What is my, why I would even ask and my therapist would just smile and she would say, Oh, you always want to understand why Mm -hmm. she said, I said, in the in a recent session with her, I was like, I'm getting, I'm beginning to understand more of why the why isn't as important. And she said, yes, oftentimes it feels like it's a dead end road. We go down this swirl and this cycle of why. And I started thinking about it more and it just started to make a lot of sense and made sense for me because where the why comes from, for me is like a very wounded sense of, I want to control. I want to understand. I want to feel safe in business, especially that doesn't always work out well because we have to be relational. And when we're asking why it's not always relational with other, with other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how of, I kind of came to that. It's like in any relationship, you, you're hoping you're in a relationship with somebody who's going to meet you at the same spot, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm here. You're there. I'm hoping to meet you in the middle and you're bringing same things to the table that I am in this relationship and conversations and so forth. And probably stand a better chance of success in having that in like your relationship with a spouse or somebody Mm -hmm. close to you, as opposed to in a business Mm -hmm. situation where they don't necessarily have to do that. I have the authority. I have the title. I have the responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do that because what I say goes. Right. Definitely an old school way of mm-hmm. yeah approaching it for sure. Absolutely applicable even in relationships. I can remember being in relationships where the question would be asked like, "Why did you do that?" And I'm like, "Do you want me just to tell you like what you want to hear, which is I'm a terrible person. Like I meant to do all these things. I meant to hurt you. I meant to say awful things. I meant to it again a dead end road. Like what are you looking for? Because no matter I feel like what answers we give, especially in relationship contexts, it's it's not about why did you do it, right? It's always, so that's where a lot of that circular kind of conversation comes into. And, you know, that's well, sometimes where we don't even know why we did it. No, we did it. It was not. a spontaneous instant kind of communication or something. It's like, don't ask me to peel it apart. Cause I'm not quite sure even myself why I did it. But does that, why even matter too? I mean, mm-hmm. as a coach, I'm always trying to think about Like I'm a big believer in, yes, we need to go back and resolve and kind of heal our trauma and our wounding. Cause I think that does influence, you know, how we move forward. But a lot of times we get stuck and we're not able to move forward because we get stuck in that why of why are we doing this? Why did you do that? Why is this happening? Why, why, why? And it just constantly, I mean, and even in business, I'll tell you, I, it's interesting after I posted that I had a client that I coach who asked me to listen to a recording and they asked, they said, do you mind listening to the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes? It was an hour and a half long meeting. And they said, I just want to get your sense for like how I was presenting. Did I come across or did I, was I articulating the, the problem? Did we resolve it? And you know what the first 20 minutes was spent on? 
the why. And I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. And so sh- this person started and kicked it off great. I mean, I think there's some value in context, right? Like, why are we here? Set the stage. But then it got derailed really quickly where someone raised their hand and said, no, no, no. We, How does this tie back to our why? And then that went into like a 30-minute conversation that literally went nowhere. Like, it went nowhere. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like what, what are we doing? Like, what was, what were we trying to solve here? That didn't really make sense. So the more I think about, even in a business context, the why, I think it's a, it's a trap for a lot of people to fall into that. They can get into that circular pattern of, you know, trying to understand, protect, feel safe, control, and it can be detrimental even in organizations. So that's where I say it's not really a popular opinion because a lot of people say we need to start with the why. And I'm saying, I think we need to start with the who. For me, it's about who are we and let's ground ourselves in that and then develop that really strong sense of who. And then we can make decisions more quickly. We can make better decisions. We don't need to go around that circular kind of game. Yeah, I almost feel like with the with the why, particularly with an organization, is it, it 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 needs some conversation at the beginning, but it needs a quick answer, and then you, then you put it up on on the shelf for everybody to see, and then it's just left there, and you don't mm-hmm. you you come back to it for fifteen seconds after you've done all the who conversation and everything, and just okay, let's just make sure what we've all discussed here aligns with the why, but we're only going to spend 15 seconds with it and then we're moving on, right? Yeah. We're not going to be sitting here debating that thing for for 30 minutes, an hour, days, or whatever, you know? So as you were, as you were talking, what was coming to mind for me, it was a conversation I had with my team when I was at Boeing, where we were doing a project and working on the deliverables in they had come up with a why and said, we, we need to do X, Y, and Z for the customer in this project. And I said, okay, you're, you're going to spend 80% of your time on an answer or deliverable to the customer that's good enough. And then you're going to spend hours upon hours doing this other 20% that it, it's nice. It might win you an award but you're spending so much of the company's time and expenses on it, you know, just like this overthinking and over conversation of the why, Mm -hmm. so to speak, when it's not really necessary and it's going to cloud things and maybe make more of a mess than is really necessary as you're trying to jump through 10 hoops to, to make it happen. So why, why are we doing this? Let's just go up to the 80% mark, call it a day, not overthink it, not over, conversation about it, so to speak, as we're mm-hmm. talking about with your post here and move on. Yeah. I think that the, I don't know. The place I'm getting to is like, if you're a leader and you can trust your, I don't know, some people call it executive, executive functioning or your intuition or those different parts of you that if you really define the who, and you know that really well, and you're connected to that, you can make split second decisions and say, yes, the who, who, who are we, who are our customers? Who am I? I have all of that very clear. I can now make a really sound decision very quickly. We don't need to go into, well, because the door, it's a doorway for me. When we ask mm-hmm. why that's a doorway opening for people to then bring all of their, you know, insecurities, their fears, their trauma, their, all these things into the conversation, which then derails it. And gets us away from what the goal was. So if leaders can actually develop a really strong sense of who, to me, that would be, if I were looking at the Simon Sinek kind of model, that would be at the core for me is like that who is really, really important. If you can define that well, for me, that's what's most important. Who am I? Who is my team? Who are my customers? And you know those, you can start making decisions much quicker that are aligned with right? Those values, all organizations have like values. They have, you know, who are we? Like we do that 15 second, like you said, are we aligned to that? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Great. Move on. But unfortunately, and this isn't a corner case, right? Like I've worked in corporate for a long time, lots of conversations. Let's start with the why. And I'm always like, oh, this is going to be like a 20 minute, like, I just need to feel 
better about myself session, or I need to feel safe for me. And the rest of us are just there to witness it and go, okay. Yeah. Do we, we've gotten all that out. Okay. I don't know if that was productive. I've often said to, to have real engagement with your team, you, you do have to address the question of why. So if you're coming out with a new strategy for a division, for the company or whatever, you, you do have to give some background on the why, why are we heading down this particular path? But once you've explained it and you've spent five minutes on it, once again, put it on the shelf, put it where people got access to it if they need it, but we're moving on. We're, we're talking about our customers. We're talking about the who and the what's and whatever to execute on the strategy and make it happen. Yeah. I think if we're moving from doing to being, I think that that why becomes less and less relevant because why does to me feel very much like a doing exercise. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we are just being, and if we are able to be a great leader, be a great organization, be able to come together and be, have a strong sense of who we are as a collective in a project or whatever, the why becomes less and less important. And it feels more of like trying to get from that doing to being state happens for me, at least if we can shift more into that, who, and I feel like for me, the who is defined by doing a lot more of the what's in the house mm-hmm. and corporate for me, honestly, the biggest roadblock I've ever faced was not the why was not even the what it's the how, because there's limited time, resources, budget, scope, whatever, like that was the thing I would be on calls and we'd be going over the why and like, Oh, why are we doing this? Is this, you know? And I'm like, wait, stop guys. Like, let's just assume we know why let's talk about the how, because the how is going to be the really tricky part because do we have budget? Do we have resources? Do we have the time? Do we have all like, I don't see how this is going to come together. Even if we define the why for me, it's more about a lot of times the hows of, getting something off the ground or getting a project started is how do, how do we get people to that place of being in kind of that house space where we can actually start to conceptualize what it's going to look like instead of really, again, going through the cycles of why, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been on calls for like the entire call was about the why. And I walk away going, I don't quite understand wh- why we needed to do that when we could just, if we just assume we know that, right? We have a strong sense of who we are and our organization. I'm looking for my thing is how do I say yes? That's what I'm looking for. The why is for me, I'm trying to figure out how to say no. What I'm trying to figure out more of is as a who is like, how do I say yes? How can I just say yes and step into something instead of finding ways to push it out, delegitimize mm-hmm. it, or figure it out or understand, you know, assume that. And find ways to say yes. Yeah, I like to think of the why as sort of the the hook that gets somebody initially attracted, right? So I, I have, you know, if I'm a person that has a natural attraction to something in life, in the world, and this company has explicitly stated what their why is, they've had the conversation, done it, they've posted it. That's the initial hook, but it doesn't need to be talked about anymore. Okay, I'm attracted to your organization. I want to learn about it more. Now the conversation becomes about the how and the who mm-hmm. and the what type of things, because that's where we're living on a day-to-day basis as a person, as a as a company, the being, as you say, and so forth. We don't need to sit here and keep arguing over the nuances about this particular sentence and the why. Yeah, well, let's just pick pick apart this sentence in the why and debate it and so forth and so on. It's like, what's where, where's the ROI in that? Where is the benefit right. in it? It's formally stated. It's there up on the wall. You're here because you must've bought into it the way that you read it and interpreted it. So just leave it there. Now let's talk about how we're going to make this why living in the world. And we need to talk about the who, the who, what, and howls of our organization to make this why living in the world. That's the way I've approached it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great approach. What I see a lot that happens is we do define the why and that's great, but there isn't that alignment. 
So it's like companies will come out and say, oh, you know, we care about people. We care about the environment. We care about blah. But is it, again, are you able, that to me feels like doing. What's the being element? Are you converting that into a being element? For the who for me means that when I join an organization or I'm interested in something, there has to be that who element there as well, because just having it up on a piece of paper or, you know, plastered on a wall doesn't mean anything to me because I've seen lots of places say, oh, we care about this. And then you go into the culture or in the environment of the, the company and you're like, wow, like it's clearly not a, a being element. It's still a doing. So for me, I, I think the why to some degree is important. It almost feels like it's like a North star to me. It's like, what is your guiding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of principles, values, whatever. Totally agree. But, totally agree. But again, it's it's really it, that it is just a north star, right? It's an idea, it's a concept, it's, it's a direction, aspiration. Yeah, it's a direction. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing each day to align ourselves to that? And mm-hmm. who are? I mean, at the end of the day, it's always who am I? Who do we want to be? Who are we serving? How are we going to do that? What does it look like? Like it's less about the why, but I think people have really clung on to the why and like hijacked it and now use well, it's it. It's become very popular, you know, with Simon Sinek's work and so forth. It's become a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Why has become a buzzword. So if, if I'm going to be engaged in this conversation and sort of up to speed on everything, then I'm going to be talking about the why all the time, because it's the buzzword and right. I need to be part of this conversation when the reality is n- no, that, that was 10, 15 years ago when he first came out with it. We've, we've, we've moved past that. So accept it for what it is. Like you said, it's the North star, it's the guiding force for it, but where, mm-hmm. where we're going to live every day is so-called yeah. beyond the why and we need to start being in a certain way. And so the doing, as you said. Yeah. Agreed. So the, the, the way, the way that I've approached being and doing and, and the episodes that I've done talked about it is through the three words, be, do, have. Hmm. So what society and Hollywood and everything brings to the table is the the way we order those for success is we start with a do that then allows us to have certain things in the world. And then that enables me to be in the world, right? So I'm going to I'm going to do this music. I'm going to do these movies. I'm going to do these films. I'm going to build this business and everything, which is going to enable me to have a bunch of money. That's going to allow me to have these things in my life, like the, the 10,000 square foot home and the Lamborghini and the driveway and all those type, you know, success stories as we hear it. And then that's going to give me a certain status in, in the world and in society and be, I'm going to be this celebrity and everything that it brings to the table. And that's the definition of success. And what I do in my coaching is to try and get people to reverse the order and say, no, we're going to start with being first. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Who are you in this mm-hmm. world in, in a company perspective? Who are you as a company mm-hmm. in this world? And then we're going to align our do, mm-hmm. you know, the hows, the what's and everything we've just been talking about in alignment with our being. And then it's going to allow me to have not only at the end, but along the journey, joy, happiness, and success in our, in our company, in the time we spend as employees, colleagues in that, or in our own personal life to show up and join us, if you will, on that journey of life. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's a way of being as opposed to a destination or an endpoint like the do have be model is. What, yeah. what do you think about that? Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, and I, all I could think of while you were saying kind of what society's view of that model is, is that's why we have mental health issues. That's why <laughs> you talk to people who do have all that success are actually very unhappy, empty, shallow, unhappy. Like it's not because the being element is who we really are. All this other stuff, your successes, your money, your houses, your that's not you. That's 
something I'm always looking at. I have a very Buddhist kind of mindset towards a lot of things. And it's always about the biggest successes you can gain in your life are right inside of you. So anything that you can, and that's where that being element comes from. Right. And that's why I also always start with that. That's why I always say it's starting with the who it's like, and you'd be surprised, Andy, how many people don't have a really good sense of that who or that be being mm-hmm. who they are because we are so fixated on these external things. Like, oh, my mom said I have to get this job and I have to you know, make all this money to be successful. Or, you know, my friend over there told me I need to have this car and oh, I got to compete with them to, you know, it, that, that's why we have so much in my opinion, so many issues with mental health in our societies, because we're too focused on the doing and the, you know, the external pieces, we're not focusing on what we truly own and what we truly control, which is internally. And that's why whenever anybody asks me, they're like, what is your why? I'm like, you ask me, what's my, why, what's my goal? What's my anything? I have one word answer peace. That is it. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I, that is my North star. That is the only thing that I try to align things to. So it's like, when I go into the doing and the how and all that, I'm thinking, okay, is this going to bring me more peace or is this going to cause me, you know, stress? Is it going to affect my mental health? Like things that I know aren't aligned to that. I don't, or like I said, I just try to find ways to say yes. More often when people ask me, why did you do your podcast? Why did you start it? Say, because I wanted to. Cause I just had an urge to do it. And I just said, what the heck, why not? Why not say yes. Right. I don't need to have this big constructed strategy and understanding like the whole why behind it. I just said, why not, you know, take a chance, just do it, say yes. And does it bring me more peace? It absolutely does in a lot of ways. So it's, I think it's just kind of unraveling that idea of thinking that you have to start from that doing element and what we have and really starting getting clear on that being who you are. And that again, applies to even organizations, I would argue, and companies start with that who and really get clear and make sure they're clear. Because then when you move into the the doings and the haves and the becomes a lot easier and Mm -hmm. we're not stuck again in these cycles of, but why I don't feel safe. I don't, I don't understand. I don't. Well, you can start that... hold. You can start holding each other accountable too. Mm-hmm. You're going Absolutely. outside the swim line. That's not who we are as an organization mm-hmm. or as a team or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, it, it, and it gives people opportunities to hold better boundaries. We have a conversation mm-hmm. like that a lot, actually, in my, with my leadership team is about how do we draw better boundaries because people go outside that swim lane a lot. And then when I'm coaching them, they'll say things like, oh, I'm really burned out. I'm exhausted. And what we don't realize is a lot of that, again, is self-inflicted because we are really busy trying to do what we think everyone else wants us to do or what we think the why has been determined for us. And we're just grasping. It's that Buddhist philosophy of like that grasping and clinging to the external things where it's like, you're telling me right now who the who is for you and the who doesn't align with what you're doing. So what are some better boundaries you can draw to start? For some people, it might be actually saying no more, like being able to say, no, I'm not going to do that because it doesn't align to who I am mm-hmm. and what I need. So I think it's about those boundaries and those swim lanes that you're talking about, just being really clear on that. And well, let me, let me throw something else at you as I did a presentation in front of a um, all women's business group, sort of a mastermind kind of group. When you start talking about masculine and feminine energy, mm. which we, we all have both, you yes, know, for, for, for men, the core energy is masculine and for women, the core energy is feminine, but we each have the other side inside of ourselves. And so the natural state for femininity is B mm. and the natural state of the masculine is do. Mm. Hmm. So one of the things that excites me about, you know, women coming more into the workforce and into leadership is being able to bring that core energy of being 
and start bringing it into the culture of the organization. And I think we're starting to see more and more of that. I think the pandemic in some ways is forcing that into, into businesses, whether we like it or not, from that perspective that it's going to help drive the order of the B do have within a corporation to be trying to get the B in the beginning of the mm-hmm. statement as opposed to at the very end. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think energy for me feels very fluid. You're absolutely right. All of us have, I mean, whether we want to call it masculine, feminine or whatever, I mean, term, but it, we all have all of this energy inside of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, I mean, that's another Buddhist philosophy, right? Is like, we're all connected. We're all one. We all share the same source. We're all, we're all things, right? So it's, we have all of that inside of us. I think from my opinion, where we kind of start to define and and shift that into either male, female, or, you know, whatever gender we want to call it, but it's because society, right? It's like when you're born, if you're, you know, born a male and identify as a male, then we have certain criteria, right? You don't cry. You're strong. You, you can't be sensitive. You can't, you know, you can't, be that way. You have to play sports. You have to, you know, society kind of tries to define it. Like you said, going kind of the backwards way we define, you have to have a why you have to have a mission. Mm -hmm. You have to have confidence, Mm -hmm. all the things that are necessary for you to do, 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 do in the world. Yeah. But I think it, it clouds people's perception of self. Who, who am I? Right. I, I was born a particular gender. Maybe I don't identify with it. Maybe I do, but this is who I am supposed to be, Mm -hmm. right? This is who I've been told I need to be. This is for me to be safe in this world or in this family or in this community. This is the way that I need to be where if we look at it from more of the Buddhist philosophy, I mean, we all have the same energy and who's to say that you know, somebody who identifies as male or someone who identifies as female has more than the other. I think it's all there. It, I think it's just a matter of how we, and why I love how parenting has been changing over the years, because it's becoming more inclusive and supportive of all the different gifts that all of us bring to the table and not trying to define people based on, I think that will also help leadership a lot. I'm really excited to see where leadership's going to go in the next 20 to 30 years is like gen, mm. gen Z and, you know, younger generations start coming into the workforce because they have a, such a different perception than, you know, people who were raised, you know, 40, 50 years ago, who had that very defined box where I feel like it's becoming a little more fluid, which I'm actually really excited to see because who's to say, you know, men and women can't, you know, operate and be more in that being state together. I think it's possible, but that's where I see the evolution of leadership coming from where that kind of old school, you know, command and control, dominant cutthroat, like very, what has been classified as, you know, masculine male energy in the past where it's becoming much more of that being element. Like you said, where it's like, I think we're starting to rediscover for ourselves who, who we really are. And I'm excited to, to be on that journey as well. To Yeah. I like to use the, the analogy of a muscle, right? So for, for mm-hmm. me as a man, society says everything you said, you, you can't be emotional. You can't cry. Mm-hmm. In other words, you were born with that muscle. I, you know, I have, I have a muscle on my arm. Mm-hmm. I'm born with it. Just like I was born with feminine energy inside of me. But society says, don't ever use it. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to entropy, not going to do, not going to do anything with it. Right. Or I can make the choice to be vulnerable, to talk about my emotions at times and strengthen. I may not be good at it at first because it's Mm -hmm. not my core energy, but I'm going to, I'm going to exercise and work that muscle to a point where I've got emotional intelligence when, when I need it, I can pull it out of my back pocket, so to speak, to be able to connect, have empathy, whatever, with mm-hmm. somebody that works on my team that's across the table or in my relationship with my spouse or mm-hmm. 
any, anything of that nature. So it's, it's really a choice. Do you want to pull it out of your back pocket and exercise it and use it as a tool, so to speak, when it's needed in whatever environment or situation that you're presently in, or you're just going to, yeah, I I've got it, but I'm not ever using it and it's not very strong. And because of that, I'm just not ever going to pull it out. Society says I don't have to pull it out. So Mm-hmm. whatever. I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I like that analogy with the muscle. It's true. I mean, it is a muscle. And I think that's for me, that feels like that's the journey of life is discovering first that we have that muscle and then second, finding ways to strengthen it and expand it. And like you said, it is always about choice. That's why when it comes back to the why it feels like there is no real choice in that kind of against mm-hmm. circular argument. It's about, can you move through the why quickly enough so that you can get to a point where you can make better sound choices more quickly and move forward and find ways to move forward instead of getting stuck in that um, cycle. So yeah, I think the more that you work that muscle, the more you start to see that shift occurring where it's like when you decide like, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast. You don't sit there and mull over it for eight months go, Oh, should I do it? what if nobody listens? What do you know? Why am I doing instead? You'll just say, yes. Okay. Let's do it and make the choice and just move forward. Move and, forward. I'm not going to sit here every week and debate it on my podcast. Should I really be doing yeah. this? I'm not really yeah. doing this. No, I've made a commitment yeah. moving on. Yeah. So and just trusting shelf. yourself Yeah, and just trust yourself. I feel like that's, what's missing a lot actually in leadership. I see where we get into those really deep why conversations is when we don't have that good trust and sense of self where it's like, if your instinct is telling you this is the right thing to do, what's preventing you from just stepping into that? What and I and I see it not even in business and personal relationships and fear everywhere. It's it's all rooted in fear. And I would even say rooted in a lot of trauma a lot of times where mm-hmm. it's like we just because it's about protection and safety, and we want to make sure we feel hundred percent secure before making a decision. Yeah. Well, what fear, would happen? F- fears of the mind and the fear gets developed from the trauma, right? And, and exactly. just as you said, that sense of wanting to protect ourselves. Yeah. Uh, to and be, then, feel safe and so forth. We put up those walls uh, yeah. to protect ourselves and it helps us to be in a comfort zone, but it doesn't help us to really move to where we want to be in life. Yeah. Back to the being. Yeah, absolutely. So another item I talked to that group of of women about just to sort of finish up this topic was I put out, put up a slide with characteristics of feminine, you know, a bunch of adjective type words for the feminine and for the masculine. And I said, okay, you're in the dating world. What are the gotta haves? Out of the list of both on both sides, what are the gotta haves in being attracted to a man and all all the ones that were being checked were over on the masculine side, right? Mm. Got to be confident. Okay. What are the nice to haves? Right. Let's, what, what helps a man to stand out in your eyes? He's got, he's got the got to haves, right? So you've, you filter down and he's in that list, but now in this list of 20 guys, 30 guys, which, mm-hmm. which of these items on both sides are going to help him stand out among amongst the crowd that passed the first filter. And guess what? They were all over on the feminine side. Yeah, absolutely. For those mean, that have worked that muscle and can pull, mm-hmm. pull it out of their back pocket when needed, because the feminine wants is all about the connection and the intimacy and yeah. so forth. And those right. are all feminine strengths. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like every time I go to my hairdresser, it's funny. I, I wanted to post something. I didn't post it, but I was like, yeah, guys, we're talking about you. Like, it's literally like three hours of just like, hey, man, can you believe it? Can you? And it's like, you know, just total, like, you know, be fast for, you know, three hours going like, why is it? And I realized I was like, it's because I think they lack and they desire that connection that mm-hmm. communication, that empathy, that ability to be vulnerable, that, that they don't always get from their significant other, because they might be 
lacking those strengths. So that's why I think a lot of times, and I know a lot of women who have gotten divorces or their spouse died or they're just in this later stage in life. And they're like, I don't need to get married. I got friends. You know, I, I have a lot of girlfriends and they really cherish that because I think that's what they're craving is a lot of that energy that you're speaking of that, that that's what forms a lot of the connection. Somebody's well, that's confident. Where, that's where us men get in trouble, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're sitting at home and your wife comes home from work and she wants to talk about something that happened in her mm-hmm. day that she had difficulty yeah. with. And us men start immediately with the do, right? That's our core energy. It's like, okay, how can I fix, you know, be the handyman, so to speak, of fixing this situation for my wife. And yep. you start talking about ways to fix it and so forth. And it's like, I didn't the care. face goes, mm, you know, I'm waving <laughs> my hand in front of my face. Like you don't get yep. it. I, yeah. I just, I just need you to listen. I just need to feel like you're being with me. You know, I'm talking about my day and you're not doing or saying anything. It makes me feel like you sort of jumped into my day, standing next to me and just be with me Yeah, emotionally with what I was going through in the situation that you can empathize with it. You can say, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I get how you might've felt that way and so forth kind of thing. That's what the feminine is. And that's how we yep. can use our feminine muscle that we've worked on. To A, realize that and B, say, I'll give you ideas to fix it, but I'm not going to do it until you ask me for that. Because right now I know you just want me to be with you. I think I would say that. That's what helps a man stand out from the crowd, right? Because they understand that. mm -hmm. I would say that applies to any person in any position in any situation in life. So if you're a manager. One of the things that I've hated when I've had managers who were like, let me fix that for you. I'm like, I don't want you to fix my problems. I don't want you. I believe, I strongly believe most people don't want you to fix their problems. I think they just want someone there, like you said, to listen, to experience, to say, you're not alone. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest fears most people have is that they're alone, right? Or that, you know, they're not, you know, a part of the normal crowd. It's like, oh, you're weird. You're, you know. People just want to feel like, hey, you're there with me. You hear me. And I see that a lot, even in coaching. I had to realize that early on where I was like, okay, yeah, people don't necessarily want you to come fix their problems. They just want someone there to witness and to hear and to listen and to maybe do some, be seen a little bit of co-creation, but a lot of it is just that part of being really present with somebody, not fixing their problems. People have that emotional space, that emotional safety. You can come here and be you and what your experience was. And there's no judgment. It's just, Mm -hmm. I'm just here to listen, to understand what your journey was like today. That's it. Yep. Nothing else. That is all. Nope. So anybody listening, yeah, if you're in a relationship, don't do the doing, (laughs) don't fix the problems, just be there, listen, say, wow, I hear you. And that, that sucks. I hear that. And, you know, is there anything you need or how can I help or not here? I, I can tell you what you need to do here. Yeah. Let me fix that for you. It's like, yeah, I don't think that's. So what I've, I've often want. told women that the greatest gift you can give to the man in your life is to give him that emotional safety, that space for him to work on that emotional muscle that society mm-hmm. says you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do that in a non-judgment way or stop from making statements like, well, you shouldn't feel that way, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing, then he's going to feel emotionally safe to be able to pull that muscle out and keep working on it and create more intimacy, more mm-hmm. connection with you. And that's the way that you mm-hmm. sort of draw them out, so mm-hmm. to speak, from that basis. So going back to your post, you've got some excellent questions here. You know, as we as we start wrapping up the episode, I want to make sure that those people that aren't connected with you on LinkedIn don't have exposure to this. So I feel like this is one more way we can get your thoughts out through this episode. But, you know, in terms of the what, the how and the why and exploring the dynamic that we just talked about amongst all this, you said here, here are some questions that you often use to explore things more deeply. Those questions are, who am I? What matters most to me? What motivates me? How does X experience make me feel? 
what does the situation trigger for me, which will get you into the traumas, right? Mm -hmm. Why is this a trigger? What have I learned from my past? What can I let go of? What can I carry with me? How can I get myself from A to B, which is self-leadership? So I've often Mm -hmm. talked about on this podcast, what support do I need? What tools have I picked up along the way? Mm -hmm. All excellent questions. I mean, that's an excellent, in my opinion, an excellent list of how somebody can be very introspective and help them discover the why, how, what of who, who they are, how are they being in this world? Yeah. And, and notice a lot of the questions are framed in what and how questions. I personally don't like to ask myself a lot of why questions. Why? I don't know if this is a common trigger, but for people who have trauma, why sometimes can be a triggering um, word. So I know when I was a child, I heard, why did you do that? Why, you know, why did you make that decision? Why didn't you clean up your room? Why did it, it, why, 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 why? I think I developed this sense of like, okay, I really hate the why question. So I'm going to stay away from that because it just brings me back to that time of like feeling like I'm being questioned or there's something wrong with me or there's shame or there's judgment. So it's always, I always try to form my questions in the form of what and how questions, because it's like, what do I, and also who, so who do I want to be? How is this making me feel? What do I want from this? What have I learned? What, what can I bring with me and what can I leave behind? Those questions to me are so much more powerful and they keep you in that mindset of growth and again, forward movement, the why can keep us sometimes stuck in kind of that cyclical never ending dead end road where it's like, there are no real answers to a lot of our why questions. So it's, it's just a way for me to help myself kind of keep moving forward, but also I use it a lot. I mean, it's a core tenet of coaching is, you know, to not get stuck in kind of the why and kind of the the past, but how do we understand what's happened to us or what do we need to bring with us and then bring it forward and, and, and focus on that movement forward. So I find it very, very powerful to just kind of unpack those things a little bit. And I found over time, it just helps me make clear, better decisions that are aligned with my North star. And I don't really always need to know why either. I mean, again, another Buddhist philosophy, I'm really trying to embrace the letting go element of, you know, sometimes maybe I just don't need to know why I just, again, need to say yes, or I just need to maybe lean into that a little bit more and just do it. And yeah, the the way I look, I like to look at it. One of the things I'm the most grateful for in my career with Boeing was the fact that they um, about halfway through gave me an executive coach who, who really changed my life and, or at least the direction of my life. And she pointed out to me that I was looking too much into my past and not looking forward in having what we just talked about in this episode about the, the who, what, you know, the, the being and the having kind of statements looking forward. And the, the concern I have with people that get stuck on the why is they're always looking in the past. Right. When we ask ourselves, well, why did I do this? Or why, why, why? You're usually trying to be introspective about the past. And hopefully you're doing that because you're trying to learn something from it so that you can then look forward and change direction, so to speak. But just like you said, we get in the cycle and so forth is that we spend so much time looking in the rearview mirror and in the past. And in order to do that, we have to keep asking the question, why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. But when we can focus, like you said, more on the, on the who and the what's and the so forth is when we're able to, with our life, turn 180 degrees and start looking forward. Cause those are the questions that need to be answered in about Mm -hmm. moving forward you have to ask yourself, okay, who's going to be involved in it? What kinds of things am I doing in my life that's going to move me forward, looking forward, looking? I don't have to ask the why anymore because I'm not looking in the past. I've learned lessons from it. I asked it for a short period of time. I developed some answers. Now I'm done with it. I'm not going to sit here and spin and spin and spin and spin looking at, at the past. Now I'm going to start 
my 180 turn with self-leadership and asking the questions of the who's and the what's Mm -hmm. and the haves and and the whole being doing dynamic Mm -hmm. in an effort to get to where I want to be living a life of joy and happiness. Yeah. As I'm doing it. I couldn't agree more. And I think there is a way in which you can do some reflection into the past while also at the same time using it, like you said, as learning to move forward. I think it's Mm -hmm. extremely important for us all to understand. My therapist likes to say, what was it like for Jen as a small child in her experience and understanding that and what triggers you, what comes up because as you're looking forward and you're trying to move forward, those things will pop up and I can go, Oh yeah, that's from, you know, that thing, or, you know, that's what's happening here. I I get that. I understand that. And I can move past it. So I think there's some value in understanding also what has happened to us and what have we been through and what have we learned? You can do some of that reflection with the what and hows as well. Again, by asking, what was it like for me in that experience? Or how did that impact me? What did I learn when we go into why? Why did that happen to me? Right. That's a common one. I know a lot of people who've had major things that have happened to them ask. And again, it's it's a dead end road, right? Like we could go, we could take 30, 40, 50 options thinking about why that happened. Does that really matter why it happened? No, it just, you know, it happened. What did I learn? How did it impact me? What do I need to maybe keep on the top of my mind? Look out for those triggers or those things that'll come up and then move forward. But I think again, the why I just, I, I know from personal experience, it keeps, that's what keeps me stuck. Whether it's, I'm trying to move forward or I'm looking back. It's like, when I want to understand why that's just a way to stop me and keep me stuck. And I can't, I can't get out of it. So it's also about noticing if you're in that why cycle, how to break it because you notice it. Mindfulness tells you, Oh, okay. I see myself going down that why. And in the the swirl, you can always step out. I go, okay, why does it really matter at this point? What do I want to learn from this? Or how do I want to be in this moment? Or what am I afraid of? Or, you know, having those conversations with yourself can help you get, even if you're in the swirl out. So it's just a practice. I always tell people, you know, practice like you would anything else. I use basketball as analogy. A lot of as basketball player, you got to practice a lot over and over again. When it doesn't count, start at home, start in non-threatening situations where you're noticing these things. You're on a walk and you notice your mind going to the why. Step out of the swirl. Just practice. And it'll be a I've noticed for me, it's been amazing to see the transformation of all that practice and noticing how quickly I notice and go, oh, I'm in the why again. Okay. Take a step out of the swirl. What do I want to learn? What do I want to focus on? What's my North Star? Remind myself of that. And just keep moving forward. That's for me been the biggest healing, I think, is kind of getting myself out of that that swirling cycle of why. Well, I'll go back, I'll, I'll go back to your first sentence in the post. I found the more I let go, the less I feel a need to understand the why in my own experience. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the initial time that we spend in the why and we and we sort of get answers for ourselves that then enables us to let go and start mm-hmm. looking more forward. That if that why does pop up again, we have to look backwards. We know exactly where to go. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time with it. We just take 30 seconds to think about it, so to speak, and go back and go, Mm -hmm. yep, I can connect it with that dot right there that I already know about. And now I can get get out of it and and keep moving forward. I got my answer real quickly because I've already done the work. I've already done the letting go, so to speak, of, of this piece in my past and so forth and move on. That's what it's all about. I mean, it sounds simple, right? I mean, it's not that simple though. I mean, it is, but it is, it's like a practice. It's anything you practice, you get better. It becomes easier. It it really is just a a way to kind of flip your mind. And I'm a big believer in that with the mindfulness and just becoming more mentally fit, all of us, and just being healthier and happier and doing more of that being element. Yeah. So we're coming to the to the end of our time, Jen. And once again, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come spend it with us and our listening audience. It's been a, a great conversation, at least in my eyes. I hope some folks got some great nuggets out of this. But Zach and I always end up our episodes with guests on the show. 
with the same question. And there is no right or wrong answer to it. It's what, what's ever in your heart. And that question is, what do the words generate your value mean to you? Generating my value means to me being fully me in all aspects. So if I can be fully me, living my purpose, living my value, living my my intended path and being at peace with it, that's where I feel like I generate the most value for, for me, for my clients, for you know, people around me. So for me, it's just being me. Yeah. I always answer it the same way. It's, you know, when people ask me, what's your definition of success? I say, it's living my why out loud. Mm. You know, my being, this is my being, mm-hmm. which my why is incorporated into. And if I'm just living that every day out loud, yeah, then I'm extremely successful in life. Yeah. Definitely more at peace. It just always oh, comes back to me more peace. peace. Yeah. I don't want to be up at night worrying, you know, stressing, not sleeping, not I can lay down at night and be okay and mm-hmm. get good sleep. And, you know, I've, I, I think the more we can be more who we are, like the full us, I think the more we can, we can live our full selves and be who we are. So if our listening audience wanted to reach out to you, where's the best way to, to engage with you? Yeah. So you can visit me on my website, coachwithinsight.com. You can connect with me there. Also, if you want to check out the podcast that Andy was referring to, it's at intheleadshow.com. I think it was episode 31, but check it out. And we had a great conversation about how to find the win-win in any situation, which I think is also very important in corporate and as people, and even just some relationships, right? Trying to Mm -hmm. find that middle ground that we were talking about. So. Yeah. Love to. Man, we had a little discussion about success in business too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great episode. So check it out there. Yep. So with that, with that being said, we greatly appreciate you uh, tuning into this episode. Like I said, hopefully our conversation generated some value in your life. If you think it might generate value in other people's lives, please share it on your social media or via conversation or any other means so that they might be able to access the episode and get the same nuggets that you did out of this conversation. And to not miss an episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. The podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms, as well as my website at www.generateyourvalue.com. With that being said, we'll be back next Tuesday with another great guest on our podcast. We'll hope that you tune in. And in the meantime, have a great week, have a great day, and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Mm